2: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey,
3: it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. the following is a presentation of the
0: Force Center podcast feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed.
2: I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we've got a special guest today, Joseph. We do. The tickle in your voice has Bam. already got me excited. We have a great guest. He has appeared on Force Center before, but never on the main show. It is Tony Thaxton, hello it's <laughs> my catchphrase. I can already tell that you are an audio expert because of the way you said hello well, you know i've uh let me just say
5: I have recorded way too many podcasts the in the last <laughs> week, and uh, not that i don't i'm I'm thrilled to be here but it's it's nice to not be uh running the show right now. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've been on the other end of it, They're recording and producing for a lot of people, so it's nice seeing you push some buttons. Oh, yeah. And, uh, other people yeah. with computers, and
4: I just get to sit and talk. <laughs> you just got a kombucha, right? Yeah, <laughs> Sweet, so Sit, drink your kombucha, your as we say yeah, around yeah. my house. What Ooh. flavor you got? I can't get into in, I've tried. This is the, uh, the multi-green. The multi-green. Uh, uh, which I thought I would hate, but uh, I find
5: multi- it to be delicious.
2: Multi-green. I've tried. Is there other multi-colors?
5: Not that I'm aware of. I don't really know why it's called that.
2: But I just heard it's good for me,
5: and I tried it, and I liked it. And there you go. Hey, okay. I'm a sucker is yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: I'm better than multi-brown. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to let people know a little bit about who you are. If people have listened to Force Center, they certainly know your name. But you have done not only a ton of kind of Star Wars-related music, but a ton of music in general. You wrote a bunch of our themes for our show, for the main show, for Data Bank Brawl, for Star Wars Counseling. You've got your Cloud City Soundtrack Project where you write very funny songs about star wars thank you uh, but you're also a professional rock and roll drummer (laughs) and (laughs) you have a new music podcast right so tell us about those things
5: uh yeah i uh am the drummer of well several bands right now but uh motion city soundtrack is the band i was in for a very long time uh we did a farewell tour three something years ago and uh and yeah, now I guess farewell needs to be in quotes because, <laughs> uh, come, uh, starting on New Year's Eve, we are doing a comeback tour. Nice. Uh, so that'll be all through the U.S. for like a month or so. Um, so yeah, if that interests you, uh, check that out. Um, and, uh. And your new podcast. Uh, yes, my new podcast is called Bizarre Albums, uh and i'm very excited about it. i'm really having fun making them each episode uh they're just like quick like digestible 15 minute episodes um and each episode uh centers on one specific strange album that's either by like an athlete or an actor oh, yes. or a fictional character oh. sometimes or like when bands just took like a sudden change in direction that's beautiful and i just like tell the story of like how and why this even came to exist and then <laughs> uh kind of get into the album and like uh, it's kind of mind blowing sometimes of like how many like legit credible people worked on these weird crazy <laughs> records. And, uh, yeah, you use a lot of clips. It's very heavily produced, a
2: lot of clips and all that. And, uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun making it. Cool. So you have been podcasting your butt off. Yeah. You know? And producing other shows for people. Yeah. yeah. Even 15 minutes so- doing something oh, and knowing yeah. you know, that when you say heavily produced, you mean heavily yeah. produced, don't it's, you? It's a 15
5: minute <laughs> long show, but there is a lot of research and a lot of post production and all that. Yeah. So and,
4: it's. You just did one on The Simpsons Sings the Blues, right? Yes. Or is that, it, yeah. yes I, I remember seeing that picture. I got to listen to that because I own that album. It's in the uh-huh. bottom of a plastic tote right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as are <laughs> <our> most CDs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Where they belong.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they belong indeed. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking Star Wars with Tony today. Uh, music in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, would that be awesome if we just randomly had that topic planned and Tony just happened to wander in, but I think we tailored it <laughs> a little bit bit to uh, a little bit many uh, skills this man has but this is uh, one we definitely want to explore before we get to that and all the news today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player as always do a little bit later we have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us we'd like to catch up with star wars or or life adventures uh i'll start with you joseph uh battlefront time today this past week i have had
2: little little battlefront two time and it makes me sad i've had a borderline problem this summer with battlefront two (laughs) you get into it and you're like oh man i just want to i want to have all those blaster awards where you've shot people with like 150 times with this one specific blaster Mm -hmm. and get real obsessive about that. Uh, But I didn't get much Battlefront time. Uh, I've been reading Thrawn. That's my main Mm -hmm. uh, Thrawn colon treason. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not not colon treason, but (laughs) you know what I mean. Uh, I think my favorite Star Wars adventure this week was one of those like, I thought I was doing things entirely unrelated to Star Wars, but Mm -hmm. it found its way there. My wife and I went to see a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, okay. where we live here in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and then we decided to go, let's go to a fun bar in Hollywood. We went to this nice place called Lost Property, uh, mm-hmm. which is this little, it's only about two years old. It's like right off of Hollywood and Vine, and it's this kind of old school whiskey bar. You can get really fancy Ooh. cocktails there. I had some French dip sliders. Everything's like nice wood. Oh, no. And the whole lost property thing (laughs) has this sort of like almost like back uh, uh, of a theater vibe. They've got all of these suitcases and old books. And I was like, God, damn, this place is classy. And then when we walked out, I saw on one shelf they had a small bust of Newt Gunray. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those, like, damn, Star Wars is everywhere. (laughs) And of all the characters, not the one I was expecting. It's like somebody was like, I want to go back to, like, this 50s, 60s vibe, classy wood, cocktails, and Newt Gunray from The Phantom Menace. (laughs) That's awesome. French dip sliders. You had me at that. That that was a good one. It's quite
4: a pill. So yeah, so, yeah,
2: good Good Star Wars week for me. I'm, if I may just real briefly yeah. just insert, just has to
5: do with nothing, but I just have to tell people this when I can. <laughs> you mentioned French dips. My dad calls French dips beef donkeys. Just wanted to throw that out. I
2: mean, I, I actually would <laughs> like to switch to this just because. It's also a great Star Wars name. <laughs> right? There's probably an Emodian name beef
5: donkeys. Beef donkeys. <laughs> it was one of those things that I, I was like probably like, into like my 20s by the time I had the realization one day wait a minute oh. nobody calls those beef donkeys that's just a thing my dad says how many times did you order this <laughs> I definitely came <laughs> close that was what I made me seeing French dip on a menu in my head I'm like oh they have beef donkeys uh, no no, <laughs> no they don't no.
4: <laughs> beef Sorry. donkeys nope. Nope. Speaking, carry on with the Star Wars <laughs> speaking my language there uh, Star Wars adventures for me nothing to speak I'm, so I'm in the middle of the longest move in documented history yeah yeah. Uh, I, I Because of a weird situation, I have to stay in my apartment to manage it for a little bit. So I have to maintain a presence there. So um, every day, though, this week, I've gone back over with the intent, with some plastic totes, some, some pop, popcorn packing peanuts to take down some of my Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And every day I don't do it because I don't want to disturb it.
2: You know what oh, I mean? like your, your little, like, Star Wars yeah. uh, display you've created.
4: Exactly. I took down my Infos Nest, my Ray Speeder, and uh, uh, the Speeder Bike, put those in a nice box. Yeah. Uh, but every day I'm like, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready because <laughs> I don't necessarily know if they're all going up again. And I, I built the storage shed, which nearly killed me and my father in the Burbank heat, putting it together. And I know I know there's going to be more things locked up than displayed. Okay. So I'm having this weird, like, I don't want to do it yet. I don't want to do it. I need that old Luke
2: bobblehead (laughs) up on the shelf for
4: at least a couple more days.
2: Have you taken a photo of the display so you can at least look at them on your phone? I'm going to do that tonight's part of
4: them. And yes, I was like, let me preserve it and also have a, you know, a continuity
2: photo. (laughs) Make sure they all go together. Uh, Have you had any specific Star Wars adventure this week, Tony? Uh, I have, actually.
5: Uh, there's been a... I feel like there's weirdly been a little bit less Star Wars in my life lately. However, I don't mean, like, not intentional or anything. (laughs) No no hard feelings. (laughs) Uh, it's just kind of how life is... I've just been very busy lately. But, in the middle of my busyness last week, I made my second trip to Galaxy's Edge.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah.
5: Had a, a friend of mine just had a birthday, and he had not been yet, and, uh... I had a little bit of a Disneyland hookup, so oh, damn. Uh, we went and uh, we went and uh, enjoyed some Galaxy's Edge again, nice. and uh, yeah, delightful. Caught lots of things that I missed the first time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's going to continue to happen for a while.
2: I think it's very interactive. There was one thing I saw that was really cool, and I know you don't want to spoil it for people who might discover it. But I saw it in the morning the one day I was there, uh-huh. and then I didn't see it again at all. And I I've been wondering the whole time, it's like. Is it broken? Do you have to do something to activate it? Or is it really like that kind of cool thing where like, if you want to see that one weird thing Uh hidden in the corner, you have to come in the morning. Uh, Without giving anything away. Does this
5: have to do with water? Yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk after okay. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, I you have the answers. Yet, uh, well, I don't know, but I I have seen it multiple times. Okay. So, Interesting. I don't think it's necessarily a certain time, a different day okay. parts. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Oh yeah. uh, man, yeah. But two is great. But that is that is one of my favorite. Yeah. Th- that's literally one of my favorite things there. It's such a like nice.
2: minor
4: thing, but it's such a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. I cannot wait to go. And uh, then we could have an actual open conversation off off air. <laughs> <laughs> uh we are gonna dive into star wars news here and uh look here's the thing every week you'll hear a lot of people including us say "Eh, yeah slow star wars new week news week i don't necessarily think it's slow but i go into the google machine and i type up star wars news and things pop up and i'm like i don't want to see this i can't nope and it puts me into a very
2: less news bubbly location rumors and speculation and all that kind of thing right
4: rumors leaks and alleged leaks and you know we don't know if 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 all that's true or not but i just don't want to go down that path yeah So last night I literally did the, ah, like, close (laughs) the laptop type of thing. So we're going to try to stay away from all that here, but plenty to talk about, uh, including this first story here. Uh, This is the Disney, Star Wars, Disney Plus release plan. Nothing I'd say surprising, but some clarifications. Read an article from CNET. A lot of stuff about Disney Plus, about what's going to be on there, movies, uh, not just Star Wars, original programming. It's going to be a lot on there for seven bucks <laughs> to start. Uh, that's part of the plan. That's what Uncle Bob wants. But – at launch we know the Mandalorian will be there Rogue One in episodes 1 through 7. Year 2 we know Cassian Andor's on the way. But here at least for me was a bit of a clarification I had got lost in the in the wilderness on on this. Uh year 1 the Clone Wars season 7 not available at release just give they got a a year time frame the first year. Right. So, so with, by uh, November 2020. Potentially. Yeah, that's a, that's where I'm kind of looking at it too cuz Cassian Andor seems to be setting that time. The 2020 November fall yeah. range.
2: Well, but the, the year one, year two thing, it, I think they must mean that Clone Wars will, the new season of Clone Wars will debut by sometime before November 2020.
4: Exactly. Just a, a very uh, a fluid. Yeah. Range. In this
2: year, they will get it. And
4: i I going to be honest, I, I had thought I'd been under the impression that maybe there was a more of a hard release date. I don't know, so good confirmation on that one. Also, final note, Solo and The Last Jedi are finishing up their contractual obligations at other places. Uh, they'll be added <laughs> later. And, uh, of course, Rise of Skywalker won't be there as well. Any surprises,
2: thoughts, as we race towards this new streaming war? I'm surprised that they still haven't confirmed like very very clearly i know there've been different discussions about whether the mandalorian is going to be a binge and if not exactly what the release schedule is because i think that we, there's been some reporting that it's not a binge but i don't think that but that's like sources have told reliable reporter but it it's not like disney has come out and said nope it's going to be every tuesday sit down with the family for some mandalorian fun mm-hmm. i've wondered that myself because yeah i hadn't heard anything either way yeah
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah, just going over the notes here right now and there's nothing in there. And that 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 came from Brez, Breznikin, right yeah. early on, uh, not a binge, maybe the first or second episode. But yeah, a lot of it's uh, they're not nailing that down. Yeah. The, what does that make you feel? What do you want?
2: I want I want clarity <laughs> always in everything. Relationships, Mandalorian release schedule clarity. That's the most <laughs> important thing there is clarity. Uh but no, I want I want a uh release schedule. I want weekly because I think Otherwise, it just disappears into the noise of bingeville. Yeah. You know, and it that means there's like maybe two weeks where people are talking about the Mandalorian, but there's a whole week to speculate and discuss and like gif your favorite moments. Right. I think that's where a lot more kind of a healthy enjoyment and fandom will come with that week separation. I agree. I
4: agree. I, I yeah, binging. I just don't have the time. I, as as much as I wish I would have the time. But I just, you know, to sit down on a Friday night and go to Saturday morning, I just know that's not the way I live my life. So I want to be able to build up the anticipation, take a look, enjoy all the little moments there. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Rockstar? Were you traveling around in your tour bus? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm insanely <laughs> <sanely>, uh, jealous. <laughs> uh,
5: I'm, I'm kind of mixed. Like, I, part of me wants to be able to just watch it all at once. But uh, I do kind of miss sometimes uh the the week to week thing yeah. I know it happens a little bit here and there, but and obviously, I know like network shows still do it, but I feel like the last time i i guess I kind of had that with Breaking Bad was maybe the last yeah. thing, but like I remember how much fun. Lost was for me when that was airing of like that thing of like just then for the next week talking with friends about like what you were speculating was going on and all these theories. And then, you know, I'm sure if it if this ends up being weekly, I'll probably do the same thing that I did with Lost where I'll watch the new episode freak out about it, and then watch it several more times before the next <laughs> one comes out. And so, like, catch all the little
4: things before the next one. That is an excellent point. I'm glad you said that, Tony, because I I could totally get behind the idea of binging. Because who doesn't mm-hmm. love the next one, next one, yeah. next one? But what you just said with these big type of shows, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. comes to mind of, like, you learn a lot by rewatching the episodes. Mm-hmm. And if you run all the way through it, that's great. You're going to get the show, and you're going to probably watch the whole season again. But I, I like kind of stewing in those juices of picking up on things. Yeah, totally. And I feel like Star Wars
5: is like uh, you know the perfect thing for that. I feel like maybe that's even where it almost all started of rewatching yeah. a thing a million times. Oh yeah,
2: yeah there's a lot of yeah, stewing and juices <laughs> central to Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, beef donkeys. Uh, <laughs> I'm also really excited that they. I don't know if they confirmed this before and I missed it, but that all the seasons of Rebels are going to be there because I do want to do a binge rewatch. Of, of that. rebels, right? That's a good. I didn't put that in my notes. Did I miss it? It's in there. It's, it's all the way there. down at the bottom of like uh, other oh Disney yeah. series that will be there. So I'm really excited. I know you can buy the discs and all that, yeah. but I'm excited to just for my seven bucks a month, just Absolutely. power through all of rebels at mm-hmm. once
4: and the Phineas and Ferb movie, movie working title. That's, that's, they're, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna really lock that in. <laughs> I, crazy and just looking at a lot. I mean, you know, we don't talk about Marvel often, but just. What they're offering in terms of Marvel, too, it gives me it's exciting. I'm not a huge MCU fan, but it it excites me um, to think, well, Star Wars could eventually hit this kind of stuff, too. It already is going to have a lot, but yeah, more coming. Absolutely. Speaking of Mandalorian, we're going to talk a little bit about Giancarlo Esposito. He uh, is uh, known for playing kind of criminal uh, characters, underworld characters, if you will. And he was uh, promoting a a project uh, that he's working on right now. And as always, anytime you're promoting on something and you have something to do with Star Wars, (laughs) you're going to get that question. So while he's uh, promoting the epic series Godfather of Harlem, he was asked about his character in The Mandalorian. And he says, In a way, you might call him an underworld character. You may also look at him as a savior, as someone who might bring back some order to the world after it's all collapsed. He did say he also filmed most of it. I, I, for me, this is uh, me took looking at the notes. Most of his scenes and work were in the volume, which we keep hearing about. Where Cameron filmed a lot of Avatar stuff, and where Favreau's doing most of the show. Big soundstage, high tech stuff. Uh, and he said he kind of hinted that that maybe that means uh, you know he's not fully humanoid. Uh, could be something different. Uh, he was playing around with that there. Now, Interesting. We'll follow up a little bit because at the. I think in my, in my notes, I put San Diego Comic-Con trailer footage. That's incorrect. Celebration. All the conventions roll into one. <laughs> All the S1s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did see some
2: footage. Uh, maybe we should start there, Joseph. I thought we saw him in a TIE fighter. We straight up saw Gus Fring flying a TIE fighter in that right? footage. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm starting to think that that footage that we saw at Star Wars Celebration and that anybody can watch uh, pirated on YouTube if yeah. you want to be a scoundrel Um like that. Uh, no judgment. Um, that a lot of that was not finished in mm-hmm. that he's going to do some crazier things. I like that. Have you watched man. this footage? I am a scoundrel, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> you wanted to yeah. stew in those scoundrel juices. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it made me very excited. I was excited about the show anyways. Yeah. And seeing that. Uh, yeah. I thought it looked super cool. Um, yeah. Do, is it, we're supposed to be getting like an official View
2: soon, right? D twenty three, yeah. D23. When is that? Uh, August twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, very soon, so yeah. I think we'll get a full trailer. So yeah, because uh, the one thing that's uh, we talked about on the show that weirded me out about the Mandalorian tra- uh, trailer is the one character who just straight up has human glasses, like he's oh, been yeah. to lens crafters. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know that did thrill me. Yes. But now I'm really thinking like, okay, maybe there's a possibility. Maybe uh, Gus Fring is a Duros. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he's a humanoid alien, and they just haven't done any of that work in the footage that they showed us. Maybe they're gonna. Just take off those Crafter yeah. glasses. Maybe he's going to have a <laughs> lobot head.
4: <laughs> yeah, the possibilities in this volume, which is where you know Fabry has been working, and we talking about that Russo brothers quote of Ah, the way he's putting this together is is really interesting, really different. It, it, that excites me for the possibilities, but I do want to see some good human characters. I know I've been in, uh, against aliens in the past. I know I've had this horrible stance
2: of uh, Duros's and all these characters. No. You've gone through your own emotional arc yeah. where you say your opinion and then berate yourself for it. <laughs> the story of my life,
4: literally. Um, but yeah, like I, this this great, uh, compelling actor, this performer coming in, I want to be able to, to, to see him. I'd like to be able to see him. Yeah. But I'm not going to be opposed to if, if they do some work there. Uh, Tony, what do you expecting from the Mandalorian this is our chance to really kind of spend a second with you about that. You're excited. You're looking forward to, but what about it?
5: Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I get mixed feelings sometimes on the, I think we all kind of do where sometimes the, um, the, the, the kind of like throwback imagery sometimes that make you think of the original trilogy. Like sometimes it, it seems a little heavy handed, but sometimes it's very exciting and I feel like there was definitely a lot in some of the clips that I saw of of that kind of mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. but in a way that excited me. Yeah, yeah. And, um, like I prefer when that happens visually in, instead of like lines that are, you know, right, or, like direct quotes from other movies or something. <laughs> um, so I liked that. It seemed like a lot of, uh, um, yeah, imagery that we know and, and love, and uh, I'm really curious to see um, how it—I how it, I mean, I w- want to say if, but I feel like it's how it will tie into a bigger picture. Yeah.
4: I think that's a great question. I'm becoming more intrigued with Filoni's involvement and how much Filoni had to say, like— we know Dave loves to bring his characters in, and to me, it's necessarily Soko, but it could be, uh, you know, the, the character Bo Katan. It could be mm. the, you know, well, I was going to say Pre Vizsla, but I don't think that's possible. Nope. But <laughs> Um, I think I really, I'm curious to see. It's not Boba Fett. So how else are they c- going to connect it?
5: You know, there's part of me because they haven't they haven't said what that character's name is right mm-hmm. he's the mandalorian yeah cuz there's this part of, i don't really think this will be the case but there is this part of me that wonders if they're doing the like fake out of of mm. it's not
2: oh, but really it's going to be you think it's going to be con yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. Star Trek Into Darkness. That's, no, he's Benjamin Harrison or whatever. <laughs> John, 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 Harrison. My, John Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think that there might be a Boba Fett surprise, yeah. but I think there might be this this interesting tension. I I really hope that they get into like, okay, we've talked a lot about the Mandalorian on society, on the Clone Wars and Rebels, and then Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. So let's just finally yeah. deal with that. Let's yeah, have yeah. Boba Fett have survived. Let's. Show how our Mandalorian is kind of what people thought Boba Fett was going to be back in the day as a a mysterious gunslinger who doesn't say anything. That's Uh not really who Boba Fett is anymore. So Mm -hmm. let's just bring them together.
5: Yeah. And have those two
2: characters meet and contrast. I think that would be awesome. I do, too. I I hope that you're right.
5: Like, I don't want to be right. The only reason I've had that thought is just that they have not said the character's name. right? Which I find slightly Mm. odd at this point.
2: Because yeah. they've revealed some of the other names, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. just find it strange they haven't said the main character yeah. the name. One of my favorite parts of Star Wars Celebration is being in that panel when they said the names for the first time. Uh-huh. You know, you're in a big auditorium and it's kind of echoey and a bunch of Star Wars fans going, what was the name? Sherba sure, Fada? Right she, she, she would do Like nobody, nobody could hear it. There were no actual letters to see how to spell it. But thousands of stars fans went, I want to know the name, but I didn't hear it.
4: I must get it right in a trivia contest. <laughs> Uh, well, Mandalorian will be out, whether it's bingeable uh, weekly, uh, bingeable week. We'll find out, but it's coming out, and Giancarlo Esposito is in it. Uh, final story of the day, this is about comic books, which brings up a fun question about what we want from our supplemental canon as we get on this journey to the rise of Skywalker. Marvel Star Wars Allegiance, the new comic, four-issue comic, coming out October 9th. Uh, we got some images that were, were uh, released. I won't necessarily say it's a leak, just kind of one of these preview things. <laughs> Um, it's hard to tell. It comes from a German website, the Jedi Bibliotheca, <laughs> which is not even – it's yeah. weird. The internet's weird, people. Um, but we got Rey fighting a creature. We got Leia, Rose, Chewie, 3PO, and R2 planning their next move. Finn and BB-8 in trouble, and the Millennium Falcon is not at Disneyland. That's something they might have to answer. So, I guess, Tony, we'll start with you here. Are you up to date on the books, the comics, all the new modern canon? No, not at
5: all. Um- I'm bad with that side of Star mm. Wars. I, I have tried, um, and uh, the comics are a little easier for me. Mm. Uh, I'll come back to that though. The, but the, <laughs> the the books themselves, I like. A lot of times, we'll hear about new ones or see them and, and think like, "Oh, that that might be really fun." I like it. And then every time I have attempted to read a Star Wars novel. Um, for me, when I think I've talked to, to Alex at Star Wars Minute about this, uh, the um, you take the imagery away from me, mm. and it just then it really emphasizes the silliness of all mm. of it, it kind <laughs> yeah, of. Okay. And it's just like I, I it just kind of doesn't work for me. Really? Um, so I have a really hard time with the books. Um, but that said, the comics I, I enjoy a little more because you can see. Um, but uh, I just when they started doing the new ones. Uh, I was getting them and keeping up with them for a while, but then I just got too overwhelmed and there mm. was just so many and then there so lot. many tie-ins. Yeah. And I was like, wait, which one comes first? And I just, I got overwhelmed and I stopped. Vader down, Tony out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and crossover. Okay. I
4: want to like them, but I just, yeah. it's
5: just too much for me. Yeah. yeah. I think,
4: I think that's probably more common a thought or opinion or just situation where it's like people, yeah. you know, you can't constantly go, I go to my shop and pick up my stack and I'm like, this just shows how much money i'm putting into yeah, this exactly. monthly it's kind of scary joseph we're we're potentially going to get some answers i don't know i, I answers ideas about episode nine? What, what, what do you yeah. think about this here?
2: I, you know, looking at those pages in particular, it really struck me is I don't think it's going to tie in super directly yeah. to episode nine. We got a bunch of books coming out that are before episode nine. These images in particular just really did look like, well, let's set the tone of the galaxy. Mm. Exactly. How small is the resistance? Exactly. How unfriendly is the rest of the galaxy to mm. it, it? It just almost, it almost had the vibe of reading star Wars comic books Back in the 80s, for those of us who are alive to do it, Whereas, yeah. like this does not have a direct relationship to the movies. This is just some adventures yeah. that our friends are having in the middle of this war. It seems like really an effort to go like, look, the first two movies set up the actual war. We want to have this big expanse where we mm-hmm. can tell the story of the war. And here's some stories from the war. Yeah. Stories from Star Wars, stories from the wars. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think
4: also um, four movies into this new era now, every time there's all these tie-ins or things leading up to it, and it never super factors in. Uh, Rogue One Catalyst might have been the most, you know, well, if you read that, you might understand the movie a little bit more there. Yeah. But, but I think we're getting used to like, all right, cool, I'll read this and I'll know a little bit, but I know, is it going to be...
2: I'm not going to be in episode nine, but going, I'm so glad I read issue two of Star Wars
4: Allegiance. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean, this thing is probably not going to finish before the movie comes out. We got confirmation um, from Charles Sewell online that his uh, Rise of Kylo Ren comic book is not going to finish before the movie comes out. So it is Mm -hmm. possible that this one has the last issue that's like, yeah, now this is something that's like, whoops, we wouldn't want to say that before the movie. Yeah. But now, now it can be known. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm looking forward to
4: that Claude comic spinoff, too. That uh, Tony, it seems like as someone who doesn't get a chance to read all these, too, you don't necessarily want any big answers in a book that you're going to miss.
5: No, not really. And I think that was initially when I was getting those new comics, Mm -hmm. especially when they started doing the the journey to the Force Awakens stuff. Like I was really, you know, because that was the first like new movie in so long. So I was extra excited. And then I was getting all those comics and like thinking like, oh, this is really going to like be set. And then I read them and was kind of like, okay, (laughs) like I didn't dislike it, but it was just kind of like kind of forgettable, if I'm being honest for me. Um and uh yeah, so like uh, and I, I think that's just kind of what they have to do, because if they yeah. put these huge things that are, you know, really important, like most people are not going to be reading. A lot more people are going to see the movie than read the comics. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we got the, uh, the I got to read that Pirate's Price. That's the book that sets mm. up what the Falcon's doing. Uh, that, that's. Uh, on two On Batuu, right? Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. With, oh, yeah. Which is, it's, I love, I do love that we're in a world where we have to get the answer of why
2: the, f- <laughs> the Falcon is not going to be at a theme park. In Come order to, to fully understand my trip to Disneyland, I need to get a book.
4: <laughs> I hope it
2: also explains the exit
5: signs now in the Falcon. Yeah.
4: yeah. And why they're not in Oribesh, right? Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, like, I
2: decided to <laughs> install it in exotic <laughs> language.
4: <laughs> I would love if after episode nine, uh, Disney just removed the Falcon from Galaxy's Edge and was like, no, it's not canon and it's 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 gone it's not yeah (laughs) put something else
2: there dash Uh, rendar's outrider (laughs) fans riot. so
4: that is the news this week a lot more coming as we race towards d23 trailers rumors of trailers and uh, a lot more including those pesky leaks we'll talk about them here on force center before we move on to the main topic we want to do our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us
2: that is right i always try to find one that somehow fits our main theme and i was trying to look for kind of new canon stuff that had some musician's perspective in it, and I came up with, from a certain point of view, anthology. There's some great stories in there. Uh, There's some weird stories in there, and everything in between, so I suggest checking that out.
4: Absolutely. And to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash 4Center for your free audiobook. Try one out on us. And now, we're going to take a look at music in a galaxy
2: far, far away. That is right. We've been wanting to do this topic for a long time, and it just seemed appropriate since you were here, Tony, and you are uh, an appreciator and a uh, maker of music in general and also Star Wars music. So I want to spend some time talking about the uh, diegetic and the non-diegetic music in mm-hmm. Star Wars, the stuff that's in the world and the stuff that is outside of the world, that is John Williams and other composers waving their batons. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, Tony, I just want to start a little bit with your perspective. So you've made different kinds of Star Wars music, like particularly for Force Center, yes. uh, I've I've said like, hey, I want it to sound a little bit like this part of the soundtrack or have this mood. So you've kind of gone through the exercise of making kind of Star Wars music. Attempting to. Attempting yeah. to. And then you've, you've approached Star Wars with music from a point of parody by writing all your Cloud City soundtrack songs. Yeah. Not necessarily like, parod- like direct parodies of, of songs, but yeah, just in the, you know, a
5: fun style. A fun style. That. Yeah,
2: but you've looked yeah. at it from, like, let's make a funny song about the Emperor to yes. let's make music that actually evokes the Emperor. <laughs> right, right. So, right. Has, that, has working in Star Wars music changed your perception of actual Star Wars music?
5: Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think, at least with, like, the, like, silly Star Wars songs that I've done, like, that's just, like, it's this whole other thing. They're usually you know, kind of like rock songs or just like, they're kind of all over the place in <laughs> style. Yeah. Sometimes they're just short little ditties and different styles, but then, um, yeah, never taking themselves seriously. And sometimes not even really about star Wars, but it just happens <laughs> to be a, I'll you know, use a, a character, but what they are doing in the song really has nothing to do with star Wars. Um, it's just silliness. Um, but, yeah, as far as, like, the music that I've done for, like, Four Center and everything, yeah, when you have uh, told me, you know, you wanted things to sound kind of, like, make you think of this and this. Um, it's weird. I, I don't, um, for as long as I have been playing music and as much as I enjoy music, I don't think I think of it like a lot of people do. Like, I, I don't... Um, like, it, like if if someone says to me, I want something that really like evokes blah, blah, blah. And, and they tell me like a certain like feeling they want. Sometimes like I struggle with that yeah. sometimes because mm. I, I just I don't think like that a lot with music. Like I. Um, so I'm like, I'm not sure if I even really know what that means. <laughs> but then if like I think there are times you've like told me like specific pieces from the soundtrack or something, you're like something, you know, in in the vein of this. Like that I can I can yeah, run yeah. with stuff then. Um and uh what I found and and I actually like doing that kind of thing. Like I've, I've done it in various styles of work where people have needed like sound alike music for things. And I actually really enjoy that. It's kind of like a fun challenge to like make something that makes you think of that, but is clearly different though. At the same time, I think that's always a fun challenge. Mm. Um, but what was kind of interesting to me, and and I didn't stumble into this when necessarily doing the four center music, but, um, have you guys listened to the soundtrack
4: show? With, with David Collins, yes, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of his Star Wars previous work. I yeah. haven't, yes, it's Long a it's a
5: track, really yes. great show, and there are several Star Wars episodes, and he goes through the um, the different soundtracks, obviously, <laughs> and uh, when he he's great at explaining things to. Like, on the technical side, like, if you do know a lot about music and music theory and all that, he's great. But then also, he's great at just explaining it for even if you don't know anything about music.
2: Sort of a little bit more of, like, the emotional.
5: Um, Sort of. Or just, like, even if he's, like, explaining, like, a music theory thing, he's great at, like, dumbing it down to make it make sense to
2: and to to let you know why it's significant that this theme begins with a minor sixth, but the next one begins with a minor, whatever is another correct musical number uh, (laughs) that I don't know. Uh, I should also say that you're, I think you have made a contribution for four center listeners in particular to how they perceive films in Uh particular, the force awakens because you did the great uh, track for Jennifer Landis show happy (laughs) Mm beats where you, I think really successfully, uh, discovered the musicality, the funky musicality of BB-8's that was speech. That was fun. That was a really fun <laughs> one to make, yeah. Yeah. So now I, I, we hear from a lot of fans who are like, oh, when BB-8 says that's the Ilenium system, that's the start of Tony's song. <laughs> I know. I've done that now, too. If I hear that those specific...
5: Samples that I used—it's very distracting to me now. Yeah,
2: They've, it's really amazing the power of music. Yeah. That it's like, well, now I cannot disassociate it mm-hmm. from hearing the funky beat that you put behind BB8. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um,
5: but what what I was going to say with the, the the soundtrack show thing was that, um, and I don't want this to sound like I'm dissing John Williams because I think he's incredible. But uh, what I found interesting that I never knew. Was so much of the music that he did, at least for Star Wars, was really like what you and I did where you said, I want something that kind of sounds like this. Mm. And then he did that, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how much of that. It was like, oh, you, John Williams just kind of makes sound alike because right. he talks about things that were in like the temp score and the rough cut and everything. Yeah. And he would play the pieces that were there and then play what it was, like, oh, yeah. I I never knew any of that and it kind of blew my mind.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating that it it matches a lot of what Lucas did, especially with the original Star Wars of like, well, yeah, I have these ideas of what it is, but but it's kind of a collage of other stuff that I love. Yeah, in order to create this feeling of this myth that we all kind of know, but it's also brand new. It's really cool that the music has that same perspective, too. I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Good point. Uh, So let's talk about the Star Wars music in general. Let's uh, dive in. When we think of Star Wars music, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Ken, when somebody just says Star Wars music, what plays in your head?
4: Uh, the Star Wars opening thing. Okay. The, 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 the Credits, the role, (laughs) everything, just being kind of blown out of your seat, Uh, no matter when you watch it at home, uh, in the theater, your first time hearing it. I remember, like, Revenge of the Sith at Cinerama Dome. Yeah. Just being like, ah, Star Wars is all around me because it's music. (laughs) There's obviously softer stuff, everything. (laughs) There's a lot, but I just, Star Wars music, I just, like, ah, it's, it's in my brain.
2: Yeah, that's a really great point. I mean, not surprising that the main theme to Star Wars is the first bit of music yeah. that somebody would think of, but in comparison to other movies, other genres, there's nothing soft about the way it introduces you to, like... There's other, like, theories of filmmaking of, like, let's gently guide someone into the world until yeah. they don't realize they've left the real world. And yeah. Star Wars is like, were you doing something else? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing this now. You know yeah. what
5: I will say is is has been a little bit of a pet peeve, though, with Seven and Eight for me, is that first... it's like a little gentler in the new movies really yeah pay attention uh, that that first hit is i remember even like literally the first time i saw the force awakens i was like right out of the gate i was like that seems quieter
2: Interesting, yeah, Yeah, because they re-record it every time. yeah. So that's an interesting choice. I wonder if it really was. Like, yeah, we don't want to knock elderly people down (laughs) when they're walking to their seat with their popcorn (laughs) and literally knock them off their seat. Uh, Tony, for you, when you think Star Wars music, what's the first thing that plays in your mind?
5: Uh, Same thing, that main theme. Um, Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's where I go immediately. I mean, I feel like the Imperial March is probably close behind. Yeah. I feel like, because I feel like in a way that's almost... Maybe even the more famous piece, maybe.
2: Uh, Yeah, this might be my biased perspective as somebody who loves music and I've played the drums, but I don't have a vocabulary for music. Uh I think the Imperial March is really easy for almost anyone to hum or play in their head. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. there's something that gives it extra power Then you can just like immediately grab Mm -hmm. onto it, no matter your kind of level of musicality. Yeah, it's a great single. It's a great <laughs> it's John Williams It's great a radio airplane yeah. yeah For yeah. me the, the first thing That jumps into my mind Is the the force theme The binary sunset mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. Because I attach to Things emotionally And to me Like at least For the Skywalker saga We'll see for the rest Of Star Wars As it goes on Like that's the heart Yeah Right Emotionally Of what this is all about That dream for the future And all mm-hmm. that uh, Ken what do you think Is powerful About Star Wars music As Tony was saying Like mm-hmm. there's been Other music like it John Williams freely Is saying like yeah, yeah, I know. We were going for this kind of music, so I wrote yeah. that kind of music. Sure, it's mine, but is it yeah. for you? Is it is it that emotional match to the character's story? Is it technical musicality? Nostalgia? What's the power?
4: Nostalgia always has has a, has a little little uh, little handhold. Well, I'm thinking. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of Justin Williams' other work. I've always said Indiana Jones is my favorite movie character, but other than the main theme and just a lot of music I know I enjoy in the series, there isn't. Things that I go, oh, that's Marion's theme. Oh, and Star Wars is just and I'm sure there might be Harry Potter fans who who watch. I've seen all the movies. Don't, you know, love them as much as others. You might be able maybe that maybe that exists elsewhere. But Star Wars, it just you could just play the soundtrack or an LP or whatever. And just you go through the movie. The movie is told through his music so well versus other ones. Not saying he didn't do it, because again, it sounds like we're hacking on John Williams here. No, <laughs> just like with Indiana Jones, like I just I I don't know the music outside of the opening and end credits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's just that's why it's so powerful to me. I can hear a hear a beat and I'm like, oh, that's when so and so did something.
2: Okay, so do th- you th- think that's a reflection of how often you've watched, or is it just that you feel like the music is successful in telling a story? That I, like whatever scene you're in, you feel it. I think it is. It is
4: because the the, the music tells the story. Uh, yes, we've seen it a lot, and everything. But I've seen I've seen Indiana Jones so many times. Yeah, and I still I could not tell you. A piece of music.
2: You don't know right the now. Nazi face melt march. Yeah,
4: right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know if there is such a thing. There should be. There really should be. Yeah. Tony, how about you? What What do you think is the power? And you uh, have a better vocabulary, a better handle to talk about actual music.
5: <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, you,
2: you make this music somehow, so unless yeah. unless you're an elaborate fake, not even. I mean, kind of, yeah. so for being honest.
5: Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't know. Like, for me, I I kind of see it the same way that um, I kind of look at actually, like, writing drum parts for music the same way that I feel like the music works in Star Wars, where a lot of times, uh, you know, you're playing the drums for a song. You kind of want to just be, like, kind of holding it down, giving it the beat that it should have, and then you find those right moments for those big fills yeah and i feel like the star wars soundtrack is so perfect for that like when it needs this big thing to lift it up uh and have this kind of memorable thing to go along with this memorable imagery uh he like really delivers but then a lot of times there's stuff going on in the background that's uh it's still good but it's not distracting Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like tying it all together.
2: Yeah, like it's the heartbeat of the story, the same way the drums are the heartbeat of a song, and then it explodes when it needs to. yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. I think for me it is just that emotional match. Like, for for some of the stuff it is nostalgia, and it's hard to divorce, like, how Mm -hmm. how well we know some of these songs. But I just kind of feel like, hey, uh, vaguely melancholy, but dreaming about the future, what does that sound like? Like, Mm -hmm. that emotion sounds like... You know, and and that feeling of like, all right, I'm going to go on an adventure. That's just like what the main theme sounds like. And there's there's so many things to me. And I think that's the power of John Williams music. I think if anybody had ever asked me, what does it sound like when a shark might be in the water? (laughs) I don't know. But that's exactly I think even divorcing it from knowing that. Yeah, that's what that emotion sounds like. Of There might be something lurking under the surface. And I think he's so good at finding music that just does match uh, on some cultural level what what we're supposed, meant to be feeling in the moment, what the characters are meant to be feeling. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think because of that, some of it, a lot of it has this uh, sort of musical style that evokes something older and something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. bigger than us and kind of ancient and gets to that idea that I think Lucas really wanted in particularly in the original trilogy of that. This is a story that happened a long time ago mm. and it relates to what's happening now and it relates to what's happening in the future. And there's something kind of just, Old and omnipresent about it,
5: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: which I think is just uh, really powerful. Yeah. Um, do you think there's anything in the music that supports the stories of Star Wars being space fantasy, not science fiction? Ken,
4: I I would defer to a smarter music man than me, but uh, <laughs> and also I you know I, I am not so much a, I'm not a giant sci-fi fan, but I'm trying to go to the Star Trek easy spot. But there's some great themes in Star Trek, but it's there. There's there's life in Williams' music. It's not cold and sterile. It's not literally. I'm thinking of like science in a lab and a yeah. cold egg. That's not science fiction, but you know what I mean. Like this, just I don't know if the Ewoks theme could exist in a in 2011 and a half, uh, the yeah. third sequel to, to the series. Uh, you know, like this is something very. It's just, it's just, that's, it's fantasy. Yeah. That is fantasy to me. Yeah. walks marching.
2: It's whimsical. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 How about you, Tony? Any, anything that cries fantasy to you rather than action movie or science fiction or?
5: Um, I mean, f- I don't think I'm necessarily saying anything new with this, but I, you know, I think just the fact that they did use an orchestral Score, yeah, and not do the. I feel like you know, before that, science fiction was usually just like synthesizers and theremin's, mm. and
2: you know, yeah. lots
5: of like futuristic kind of you know, bleeps and bloops, and all right. that stuff, right? Yeah. A lot
2: of it was atmospheric noises, not yeah. a constant bed of music, yeah, yeah,
5: and uh, yeah, I think it, it gave it uh, a whole different feeling just because for that alone, I think, um, you know, and I think made it less. Cheesy, Like, I really do think that made a huge difference. Like, I think if, if it would have been the synthesizers and all that, like think of how different that would
2: seem. Oh yeah. it like, would not have that timeless mm, feel every, yeah, every beat, yeah. every moment, every shot, every good acting choice that gives it that, like there's weight to the past and we're worried about the future. Like, that would not be there yeah. if there was, like, shaft music playing in the background, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have not dug that name in a long time. You know, that doesn't land. The thing that, a little thing that jumps out to me, it's, it's a little different in every uh, movie. But after the uh, opening crawl and the music starts to calm down, there's always something that has, like, a little bit of a trill. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, uh, as we pan down or attack the clone span up um, to what's next. It's kind of like we've had the excitement yes. like here's what's coming next. Then we have that doodly, 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 that has a little feeling of like literal flashback sounds from other media. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like there's it's, that little bit of an of like it's, it's not only just like let's calm down and get into the story. Here's the planet or the ship we're going yeah, yeah. to. It has a little bit of that like we're we're going backward now.
4: It's the Wayne's World of... Uh, yes, yeah. dude. But you're right. Look, I love uh, Ryan uh, Johnson and, and John Williams uh, paying tribute to like New Hope with Last Jedi. It's exactly... what I know what you mean. Yeah. Here's what we're doing. And now transport yourself into this adventure. Dude, there's always that moment. Yeah. I love that, that moment.
2: That music as we pan yeah. to the ship or the planet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really love that. Uh, people always want, whenever we're talking about music, we got some questions recently, in fact, even when we weren't doing a music episode, to just talk about favorites uh, from different sources. So I want to talk about favorites from original, prequel, sequel, and non-John Williams. <laughs> so for original trilogy, Tony, do you have favorites that stand out to you that you feel like, a, yep, that's the one?
5: Man, it's, it's, it's tough to pick like an absolute favorite. But again, I mean, it kind of just goes what we said earlier, where the the main theme is always there, the Imperial March. Um, uh, but then also, uh, you know, I guess I guess it's the actual musician in me then that has the weak spot for the the Cantina song <laughs> and, and even Lapty Neck and yeah. things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, those are those are probably the standouts
2: for me. Yeah. Okay. But you do f- feel drawn to the m- the music that is in-world as a, somebody who actually performs music yourself.
5: Um, well, I think...
2: It's just one of those things I'm, like, a, a, a sucker
5: for. Okay. Like I, and, um... It, I don't... I, it's something that I don't think they have done as well with, um... Movies since then. Okay. Like Special Edition and the newer movies. Okay. But,
2: um... Uh, yeah. We'll okay, th- good to we'll know. Th- we'll, we'll dive into that. We'll dive <laughs> into that. Uh, for myself, I think I've been really appreciating how much the main theme says adventure mm-hmm. and heroics. Like, it's easy to just kind of sleep on it because it's the main theme. But uh, I've been thinking a lot about how much the original trilogy does have that adventure serial. Here's a problem. Here's another problem. There's a cliffhanger. Uh, and how much that music tells you, like, we're going on a fun space adventure. Like, mm-hmm. yep, there's deep philosophical stuff too, but fun space adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, I really find myself drawn to the uh, the choral sections of the lightsaber fight in Return of the Jedi. That's yeah, because it was different for lots of Star mm-hmm. Wars music at the time, but mm-hmm. so set the tra- trajectory of where John Williams was going to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Ken? That's 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 my favorite
4: scene sequence and shot in Star Wars. Like that answer, yeah. and so I'd go with music. Is that? That that choral starts hitting the cor- the chorus, the, the choral team starts singing. Yeah. And it is it's just unlike anything at the time. Yeah. Uh Duel of Fates brings in a little bit there. And yeah. Duel of Fates is great, but I love that. Yeah. For uh, the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh other stuff, uh you know, I had a lot of mixtapes in high school that ended with because 'cause because a bad mood. I <laughs> it's a scorcher on yeah. Neck <laughs> All the big ones too, but you know what I really, really love Yoda's theme. I've always yeah. been drawn to that. Like it's just it's I call it the sound of enlightenment, but it's just that it's it's such a underrated theme compared to some of the bigger ones here. So I always love Yoda.
2: Yeah, you're right, and it yeah. is a little bit just happy. It, it, it has some depth to it, but it's also just like sprightly and fun. Well, it
4: and and usually in when Yoda's talking or teaching, there's some dark things going on or some yeah. themes. It, you would think this little uh, creature moving around the the, the 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 bog wouldn't have this like. Very hopeful. Yeah. But I think it's because you're learning. You're learning and you're being enlightened and he's home. When it comes back up in The Last Jedi and it hits, it's like, it's like, we are, we are safe, man. We've, we learned. We know what we got to do. I think it's one of his bigger,
2: best themes. That's a great one. That's a great one. Let's move on to the prequel trilogy. Uh, any favorites, Tony, from prequel trilogy? Duel, duel of the fates by a long shot. Yeah. I would have maybe even go so far as
5: to say Duel of the Fates might be my favorite of all of them. Yeah. I think it's I don't think you'd be wrong. Yeah. I, I and yeah, I think it's maybe even the best thing about the prequels. Like <laughs> yeah. I I and I'm I'm not necessarily a prequel basher, um but uh yeah, I think it's uh, it's like such a standout to
2: me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think it was designed to be a I guess what I'm getting at is there's uh, like, uh, which came first, the chicken and the egg for me with Duel of Fates? Is mm. it like just insanely good because he happened to write an insanely good track? Or, you know, it's easy to go to Duel of Fates as a favorite because it's the one that had a video single and it's mm-hmm. during the fight, but it just, it is that good, right? Yeah. If, if they had tried in the marketing to downplay Duel of Fates, fans would have found it and just gone, this is the best, right? Yeah. Is it just.
5: I, I think so. Yes. It really, it's so memorable. Like, yeah. it really. Yeah, like, it just, it's, I, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's super memorable, it sticks in your head, like, you don't, you don't have to go, like, wait, which one is that? Like, it's never, yeah. like, it doesn't ever take you a second, it's like, oh yeah, it's this one,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, you, you talk about the, the video, because it was, it was an heavy rotation on oh, TV yeah. and VH1, it just, it is kind of like that, that we joked before, but like, the radio single of, like, this is your hit, and they knew it, and it was, it's just just this complete piece of music separate from anything it sounds different at the time we're like what is this is totally new and different but still sounds exactly like Star Wars I think Uh, yeah I wonder I wonder if if they were like, John, give us a hit. <laughs> like, or he's just like, he's here's like, well, this. And everyone went like, oh. He's oh like, God. well, I've been
2: I've been tooling around with a little of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And I love, I love Duel of Fates. I think that's hard not to be a number one pick. Yeah. And there's this, to me, this great relationship to the choral music of Return of the Jedi, right? Cause we yep. get introduced to that. And then 16 years later, here comes Duel of Fates, where it's suddenly people are <laughs> memorizing the yes. lyrics to yeah. a choral thing. <laughs> but Duel of Fates has that feeling of like, there's, there's kind of excitement and high stakes to this clash. Yeah. And then you go back to the choral music in Return of the Jedi. If you almost imagine the choral voices as like maybe the voice of the force. Yeah. Where it's like here's this reawaking of combat between the Jedi and the Sith. And then yeah. you go to Return of the Jedi and it's almost like tired and sad and almost like, <laughs> don't do this, Luke. Don't be fighting your dad. This is yeah. not going to get us anywhere. Like just even thinking about the relationship between the choral yeah. voices is exciting to me like that. on that one. Um, I'll throw out Squid Lake. I think that is a uh, it's great under oh, yeah. underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it underscores the great uh, opera scene of uh, Sidious's uh, Palpatine's uh, verbal seduction of Anakin, mm-hmm. um, and also just I love that all of Coruscant goes to see this uh, opera that's quite depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a morbid rolling. <laughs> Wow, it's <laughs> impressive that Moncala I'm can dance to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you, any other favorites for you, Ken, from yeah, the Yeah, I'll tell you what. I always answer my favorite overall
4: score uh, is, is Revenge of the Sith. I think uh, Williams did a lot of great stuff in there. I love how it starts with the proclamation of war. Boom, 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 boom. And then Padme's Ruminations, one of my favorites. I think he, the way he weaves in uh, their, their love theme, uh, yeah. the Imperial March, all that stuff. Uh, you know when when the mask is finally lowered on Vader, I think there's you know he and Lucas both play with the silence of the moment, but then you're you're that's truly him becoming Vader. And this it just there's a lot going on there. And Padme's ruminations, I give credit for really changing my my view on definitely Revenge of the Sith, but the prequels overall. When I was playing it on, on the original Battlefront too, yeah, and that music came up and I was like, wow, this is re- how did I not? Why do, I, why do I say so many bad things about this? I really like this. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the great point about the, the Vader, which I think is a great relationship to that little uh, sad guitar version of the Imperial March in Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. when he's dying. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Uh, any other prequel uh, things for you, Tony? Honestly it, It's Duel of the Fates right? Yeah it's right. like,
5: like yeah By a long shot Okay
2: Duel of the Fates yeah. <laughs> GTFO <so laughs> <need> <laughs> uh, Let's move on To the sequel trilogy um, I'll, I'll jump in first On yeah. this one uh, For me The Ray's theme Is one of Like I would go To you with Duel of the Fates Like mm-hmm. one of the best Pieces of Star Wars music To I me I agree One of the best Pieces of music Period And again it, it goes to that Like emotional Like To me It just feels perfect Of like Well what would it Sound like To be Totally alone, but kind of hopeful to the future, and feel like there's something more for you. Like, if it's sad and it's beautiful, like I love it. Mm-hmm. It uh, hits me hard every time.
4: I love uh, the only time I've been fortunate enough to see John Williams in concert. He he he's spoken. I think he's probably said it elsewhere when he's performed. But just like he had a, just a crush on this character in a, in a very protective way. Says he doesn't want anyone else to write music for Ray or Daisy Ridley, and that's probably why he signed up. You know, he, there's probably other. He probably would have done it, but he's just like no. This is it. So yeah, that music's so good. And I remember, I do remember. And there's probably a video of me out there saying, "Ah, Force Awakens soundtrack. I didn't know, didn't really hit for me." And that's a gut reaction. That's why I hate doing reviews when you step out of a movie theater. Yeah, it you need to take your time. I, that resistance theme, that dun, dun 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 dun, like when I heard it, Last Jedi, I was like, "Oh yeah, this, we're
2: home." Like the resistance is yeah, back. Yeah, right. You didn't back. even realize that it had seeped into yeah, your soul exactly. as a Star Wars fan. And exactly. you're like, damn yeah uh how about you tony uh
5: yeah kind of exactly what you just said uh yeah ray's theme for sure was the big standout for me um uh and yeah i kind of even until you brought up the resistance thing i kind of didn't even pop into my mind uh but now i'm like oh yeah of course uh and like the the kylo ren music is probably the next most memorable one to me yeah but um Yeah, I kind of – these are a little bit more – I don't know if it's because the movies are newer and I've seen them maybe a little bit less, but I have watched them a lot already. Mm -hmm. And I think I do – with the exception of those songs, I think uh, I maybe have to – actually be watching the movie to go like, oh, yeah, this one.
2: Like, yeah. they, don't, they don't just,
5: like, come to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
2: and I think there's a fascinating thing with that where you start to realize that there, I think unless you're a real soundtrack hound and you're listening to it for that, you start to realize that there is more, so much more new in the sequel trilogy yeah. than you realize because it does, you know, use so many old themes and weave them in. Mm-hmm. And when you first hear that, like, Resistance March, you can like, that's probably from the original trilogy, right? Like, yeah. no. <laughs> it's building on that those heroic themes, yeah. but it's its own new heroic theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when I, when I saw John Williams uh, at the Hollywood Bowl last year, he specifically wanted to play, like, he played, you know, some of the hits. He played the main theme. He played the Imperial March. But then he wanted to play uh, the specific track from Last Jedi, uh, The Rebellion Is Reborn. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, just just listening to that track as, you know, not necessarily from the movie, but as a track. It's just musically fascinating because it g- mm-hmm. g- kind of goes up and down and like it's very it's got kind of like a, a steady pulse to it. But it has this like something's trying to mm-hmm. reemerge in mm-hmm. Surge. And then it just it really does. But it's very brief. Yeah. Uh, Surge at the end. And it, and it uses some of those resistance themes. And just ever since like John Williams himself was like, this is the track I like. I, that makes me <laughs> want to go. me go listen to it more. I'm going to go listen to it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm certainly familiar. I've, I've heard that soundtrack.
4: But yeah, to hear to know that he is like, oh, yeah, here's the, this is the
2: hit. Yeah. This is the one. <laughs> this that, is the one That's, for that's me. exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we got non-John Williams. Uh, we got Kevin Kiner, who gets overlooked, who did the uh, Clone Wars in Rebels music. Uh, Michael Giacchino, who did uh, Rogue One, and John Powell, who did Han Solo. Uh, building on a new Han Solo theme that John Williams wrote, so out of all that, is there stuff that jumps out uh, for you? Ken, do you have favorites?
4: Yeah, you know, as far as Keiner, uh, he does a great job. I think he's underrated. I wouldn't mind him getting uh, a, a, a movie or one of the a Disney Plus live action show oh, yeah. and, and, and branching out. I really, I'll tell you, with him, he's with a lot of rebels, with a lot of the big characters dying. There's some great moments or something, but like his opening intro to Clone Wars. Imagine taking the main theme that we've all talked about here a lot and going, all right, I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to add some like yeah. drums and everything, and it worked. Yeah, that's I really give him a lot of credit. Chiquino, I think for what he had to do, three weeks coming in to, to take over from Despla and uh, the the um, what's the name of that one? Uh, that your your father would be proud. Oh, okay, he is yeah. absolutely one of my favorite Star Wars. Uh, pieces of music did a great job and i think pal i could i could name you a lot the cloud Rider stuff comes to mind right away that flying one where he, han and Chewie have, are flying over the the you know uh vandor yeah like it's it's really good stuff i think it's underrated
2: yeah yeah uh for me for sure the uh, the clone wars theme i have a really interesting relationship uh mm. with uh because when i saw it in the theater for the 2008 film right. it made me sad yeah, because it was like Star Wars, but it wasn't. And it almost <laughs> yeah. sounded like, why did George Lucas have to get a yeah. Muzak knockoff version <laughs> yeah. now that I've watched the Clone Wars? And it, I love that it has its own theme and it fits the Clone Wars. Yeah. It fits yeah. that version of we're in the middle of war. Uh, so I, I love that uh, for Giacchino. There's so many great stuff, but all the Jetta stuff. It's oh, so specific, and uh, I love the drums in that. In uh, John Powell, I love the whole Han Solo soundtrack, yeah. but the specific track, if you're listening to it, not from the movie, but listening to the track, the track, Flying with Chewie, most of it is yeah. the powerful, exciting, uh, yeah. very specific theme. That A lot like the Resistance theme that sounds like, did this come from somewhere else? Like, nope, that's new. But then it ends in that very peaceful when they're flying over Vandor, right. So it's got the excitement and that yeah that piece when they're looking out over Vandor and it's like people who have been enslaved yeah looking out on the possibility of freedom that's what that music sounds like and it's so powerful to me yeah how about you uh, Tony you got any favorites for the non John Williams
5: boy I'm gonna be a real sourpuss on this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and I uh, again I'm not meaning this as a knock if anything it's more it's that thing of how I'm talking about things just kind of like fitting. And not not so much disappearing, but like it's just they're serving a purpose for me and and like, yeah, if I'm speaking honestly, not a whole lot of like huge like standout music to me, yeah, again, it's doing its job, and I don't think it's bad in any way, but they're really like I struggled to actually like think of one as soon as you did say Jedah though then I immediately I did start thinking of the drum stuff happening, um but yeah, like I honestly can't even like pull things. Cause you, yeah, you sent me like the discussion topics beforehand and I was really like <laughs> go- thinking about each movie in my head. And I was like, I can't really think I could like kind of pull that main rogue one theme that you hear when they s- showed the title. Oh but yeah. I ki- only kind of like, yeah. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. Again, I, you know, yeah. Hey, they're doing their job. They did it. Yeah. But,
2: uh, yeah. And I do wonder how much that like ability to literally sing it is partially that we've lived with the Star Wars main theme forever kind of thing uh, versus maybe a kid who grows up with Solo is out there (laughs) singing, flying with Chewie to himself (laughs) in the shower. Uh, All right. So uh, let's talk very briefly about I just wanted to ask about this because it affects me. We hear so much incidental Star Wars music while in like waiting room parts of video games or the loading screens. Does that affect how you hear it? In the movie, like, I think I've heard Yoda's theme while waiting in <laughs> a video game far more than I've ever heard it watching the movie.
4: Uh, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't really thought about that. I think one of the reasons, while it's loading up, I'm usually preparing my snack, 100% <laughs> tell you. Um, No, no, uh, the, the, but I do have little moments of, like... While I'm waiting to load up, something plays, and then I go to that part in the movie, which okay. obviously has nothing to do with the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: Interesting. Tony, are you a video game player? Do you hear constant Star Wars music while waiting to shoot people in Battlefront?
4: Not
5: really. Uh, I have played it. Uh, I just, I've had a
2: hard time getting into it.
5: Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have much of a problem with this because okay. I don't think I'm experienced enough.
4: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Do you consider this a, a, a problem? I, I want to know more, Joseph, what you're experiencing. Yoda's theme comes up while well, you're waiting to go to Kashyyyk as a droid.
2: Yeah, I think and, there's a. I think it started when I was playing the, the Rogue One video game for uh, the GameCube.
4: Right. That I was like, this
2: is so cool to have all this specific music in the waiting room of the, the, the loading screens of the video game while you're choosing your fighter. And then I got to a point where I was like, I don't know if I want to be desensitized to it. Totally, totally fair point. Totally yeah. yeah, and it's never, yeah. you know, I've never been desensitized to the, to the. it's a fear that has not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually right, right. come through. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I was yeah. curious if anybody else had that no, neurotic fear. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about music that is in the world of Star Wars. Gotta start with the biggest one, the most famous one, the Cantina song, uh, which is called Mad About Me.
5: Which I never knew until today. <laughs> I
2: did research for this, and it's that's it's not a detail that has been specifically booted uh, from Legends Canon, so for now, it's, it's called Mad About Me. Uh, is it the best, or is it again a matter of it's the one that we've lived with forever? Or is it actually musically, tonally, matching the scene, is it the best?
4: I'll say yes, but I actually <laughs> like the second Cantina song, but I couldn't sing it or hum it right now. Yeah. I don't have those skills. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> That's yeah. why you're here. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I had that, that four disc mm. CD set that was released in the mid 90s, and they had those two, and I think Lapty Neck or something pretty close by. Yeah. And I really like that one too. But yeah, I mean, it. it wow, it's, it's really, it's really awesome. And to think in in terms of watching it in 77, you're seeing all this, and all of a sudden this comes up.
2: (laughs) Little jazz whalers. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, how do you feel about that one? Musically, is it the best?
5: I think so. I think it's the most memorable, catchy thing. And it's, it, it is, it, it is kind of an odd choice. Uh, when you like really think about it, there's kind of this like old jazz kind of, and, uh, It is kind of a weird move, but I think for me personally, on top of it just being, like, catchy, it's just, uh, in a way, maybe even that was almost, like, my introduction to that type of music. I think so. And, you know, because I was was not born yet when Star Wars actually came out, so, like, that's just, I always saw it and heard it, and that's kind of, like, how I heard that type of music, and it's, uh, yeah, it just totally works for me, Uh, and I, yeah, I think it's... Of those in-world songs, I think it is the most, uh, it's the catchiest, yeah. and it's the most, uh, even though it is kind of cheesy, it's it's not, uh, uh, like, Lefty Neck is a different type of cheesy. Yes, and, and we will talk about yeah,
2: the yeah. delicious cheese of Lefty Neck, <laughs> which sounds like an actual cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I fascinated with the Cantina song, because I think so many people, depending on their age, you know, if you were alive when it came out, you just approached it as like this weird alien music. And I think older people are like, it's Benny Goodman, you little asshole. <laughs> it's yeah. Benny Goodman in space. Yeah, <laughs> It's not, it's about 40 years old. It's not 40, 50 yeah. years old. It's not uh, or 30 years old. It's not that exotic, but it sounded exotic. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. I think part of what is so powerful about it is it makes so much sense in world. Like you look mm-hmm. at it, uh, if it's a uh, Chalman booking them or if it's, if Wu hair is making the choice of like, Hey, keep we need music for day drinking. Yeah. Keep them peppy, keep them away from their blasters. Keep them just kind of bopping along, not killing each other. Right. <laughs> it's perfect day drinking music.
5: And it do, it is the one, yeah, well it's like that old jazz music, but the, it does have that one little uh sci-fi element that's that's that it doesn't have anywhere else. Is there is some like weird synth in there. Yeah. So that does kind of like Uh, sci-fi it up a little bit absolutely Uh, yeah yeah. it's
2: going from that bass and like i mean it literally has a swing beat yeah yeah Uh yeah uh but but you're right it does it is absolutely successfully spaced out yeah
5: but not like not to a jarring point it's just like it's it's subtle Yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah Uh, so, obviously, we love the Cantina songs, but what other in-world songs do we like? Either we got your, uh, our Jabba Flow and our Dapra Dumpa <laughs> from Force <laughs> Awakens. Uh got uh, Chicken in the Pot in Solo. Uh, obviously, we already talked about Squid Lake. Um, what, do you have other
4: favorites? I, I love Chicken in the Pot, but I've yeah. got to be honest, it's because I know how much you wanted that weirdo to be <laughs> what he was. And I can never, and then I, I'm actually very dis, disappointed that I don't have that version on the album. I anymore. know. I know. Uh, so I, I love that one. Jabba flow. It, it, it's okay for me. It works. It works. Yeah. And, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is obviously tremendously talented and I love that he's part of Star Wars making this music and everything. But yeah, it doesn't,
2: it, it, yeah it didn't hit for me is it too derivative of trying to repeat the success of the cantina song is that what it is for you or it- in
4: in the story it would make sense that miles would have a band there so i accepted it but i think yeah, maybe because it was titled Jabba Flow as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I didn't think yeah. like
2: about it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that they're actually singing about uh, the hut that we all yeah. know. Which is, again, in story,
4: completely possible. What yeah. a legacy job ahead!
2: but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more the lyrics. So yeah. You're not a fan yeah. of the lyrics yeah. of Java Flow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about you, Tony? Any other ones that you love?
5: Uh, again, so Lopty Neck is... It's a weird one for me because I do love it and have this soft spot for it I, I think I've said on the other shows when I've been on that Jedi is, is uh, return of the Jedi is the one of the originals that I can remember seeing in the theater as yeah, a kid. yeah so like it has the soft spot for me and like the entire Jabba's Palace scene I just love um, and so I think I love it from being a kid and like as a kid that was already into music and already playing drums and everything so like um anytime there would be a band in something if, if it was these weird characters, you know, like the, I love the band on the Muppets too. Yeah, you know? and so like yeah. any okay. any That's anytime cute. like that kind of thing would would be in a show or a movie, like I would always gravitate to that. So like I remember when the toys started coming out and then one day suddenly there was the Max Rebo band oh, toys. Yeah. So I was like, Oh yes, I need this. Yeah, um yes. so that was a very exciting thing for me. Um but it's one of those things where I think if that happened in one of the new movies now with that same, so everything could be the same about it. Yeah. And I think it would sit differently with me. Okay.
2: Yeah. So much about Star Wars, yeah. you know, inside yeah. the story and our appreciation of it is just, it's totally generational. It's yeah. when and how mm-hmm. we approach it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about lefty Nick more, but I'll just say for myself real quick, I, I think, yeah, I think Java flow is, is really successful for what it's trying to do, mm-hmm. but, uh, the chicken in the pot, the solo song. I love <laughs> For so many reasons, uh, that weirdo as I wanted his name to be, it's actually Lulilo Primak after Louis Prima, but there's just something about like how how could you manage to just absolutely visually capture. Oh, yeah, it's a yeah. it's an old baritone lounge singer, but he's a frog floating <laughs> upside down in a vat. But they did it. <laughs> okay. And I, yeah. I, to me, I think it is. uh I like older uh that era. Of, I like lounge singers. I like, you know, mm-hmm. the American Songbook and Benny Goodman and all that. And I think I really just really like that solo reached back to have slightly different, but a, still a connection to that era of music yeah. that the original cantina band song. Is from yeah. and have that. Like, here's two, you know, singers. One, you know, the, the backstory is that Lilio Lo is like, is aging. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like seeing Bing in the 70s, Bing Crosby in the 70s uh, in real life. Right. Uh, but he's paired with like this young hot singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, you can decide if uh, you're sexually hot, but <laughs> hot on the scene. Yeah. Uh, and i love that story. But let's get into Lopty Neck because yeah. I think. Over all these years of podcasting, doing Star Wars counseling, the thing that I have found to have <laughs> most people agree on is finding Jedi Rocks mm-hmm. unacceptable. <laughs> I know there are indeed some people out there because that is just the mm-hmm. way of things. But a lot of people agree. Not fans of Jedi Rocks. Yeah. But are fans actually, are people actually fans of Lopty Neck for its own merits? Not just as in the option B to Jedi Rocks. Ken? I'll say I am a fan of Lopty
4: Neck. I'm not kidding. There's several cassettes (laughs) that I had playing in my uh, uh, Ford Fairmont that I rolled around in in high school playing that song. Is it, is Lopty Neck uh, great? I don't know if that's exactly what I'd say. It is nostalgia. So when Jedi Rocks pops up, I was upset that that was gone. All right. You want to redo it? You want to digitize? That's fine. Why'd you get rid of Lapty Neck? Add some gong to that as well. Joey Alves, <laughs> could sing in that. But keep that song. I, w- I, w- I was
2: I was a Lapty Neck defender. Add some gongs to Lapty Neck. <laughs> All
5: right.
2: I, I re-listened to it to just listen to it for this. And I was struck by a couple of things. Uh, right towards the end of it is, uh, Jabba's about to open the shoot for Ula. It's got organ that's like mm. straight up, Ray Van Zarek from the Doors organ. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That? Yeah. Dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, I remember as a kid going like, well, yeah, this is alien music, like the Cantina. But now when I listen to it, it's like, okay, that's a straightforward rock beat, Yeah, not a swing beat, which right. changes it culturally mm-hmm. and generationally a lot. And then it's got some things that are much more modern, like... Rayman's Eric from the doors, yeah, well, <laughs> modern to that time. So I was, I was like, all right, is this just nostalgia, or is this is there something about it that is? I think it is more alien than Jedi Rocks. Like the oh, yeah. the horn from Jedi Rocks is just so earthbound. It's you know? well, and it's called Jedi Rocks. <laughs> Good and obvious point. Uh, thank you for making it.
5: I yeah uh, the. Yeah, again, the, the, my soft spot I think has a lot to do with being a child and mm-hmm. and being so into it. But yeah, and then on top of that, yeah, it, it, it works for me. But yeah, the option of of Jedi rocks just yeah. does not work for me at all. I, I I've said before, and again, I feel like I'm I'm generally very positive about Star Wars, and I feel like I'm <laughs> not coming across that <laughs> way today. You are, No, you are, uh, you are. But yeah, Jedi rocks. If I'm if I could be very negative for a second, it is my least favorite thing. In any Star Wars thing that exists. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right there with you, buddy. I understand. I understand. Jedi I, Rocks I is the sand of Star Wars for many people. They are I very will, annoyed by it.
5: I will give it one positive
2: thing. Okay. But
5: I'll just get musically nerdy for just a second. Is, Please do. Please. Is it, there is a moment toward the end, right before they drop Ula into the thing, it, it goes to a different section and it, uh, the music. Uh, I'm not even positive what it is, but it goes to a very strange time signature in that Oh, nice. And it's like, musically, it's like, oh, that's actually kind of a cool part. Just (laughs) because, you know, it's not your standard, like, one, two, three, four, one, two. I don't know what it is. It it goes beyond four. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's cool in that way, and it just happens for a second. So um, I've given it some love there.
2: Okay, I like that. Yeah, I think the big thing for me is, obviously, this is the music. There's the literal Jedi rocks, Mm -hmm. which, why are we celebrating Jedi? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I think just that stylistic difference that, like, it feels like the original Max Rebo band are just like, you're all hungover and you are just kind of doing this, you know, it sounds like an old rock band playing a classic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just, we're kind of tired, a little bleary-eyed, whereas, the obviously, the Jedi Rocks Max Rebo band is this polished, like, they're getting hired to, you know, at an opening event for a nonprofit organization, like, there's a, just the original's yeah, dirtier, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Dancers, yeah, and uh, they tell, yeah, 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 yeah uh, A lot to talk about there. Um, so you are a, a rock and roll player uh, Ken and I are both fans of many different kinds of rock, we talked about the rock beat being in both Jedi Rocks and, and Lefty Neck. What do we think the place of just straightforward rock and roll is in Star Wars? Can there be rock in star wars and how do you make that sound not too modern to our ears
4: i i i really do want to hear what you hear i have to hear uh, say here tony sorry excuse me um i because it, it might not work for me even though even though i do love the neck it also this it's pretty silly <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but it would make sense right if you're living in this galaxy, do you want to go f- fight for the empire or be a moisture farmer? Or do you want to form a band? I'm sure that's an option, right? Yeah. So it, it, it I, I know it works. It just, even though I love nothing, Nick, it hasn't, hasn't worked. Whereas like chicken in the pot completely works. Yeah. Dryden Voss would have them
2: there. <laughs> right. Know. Right. I don't know. Tony, what, what for you would, how do you feel about rocking Star Wars?
5: It's tough. It is tough. Like I my gut doesn't want it. But yeah, but then again, like Lappy Neck is kind of in that vein. Uh it definitely which even Jedi Rocks does this, so I'll give it that as well. Is it, it does at least always got to be in another language. Yeah. You yeah. know, no no basic. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's rule
2: 1. Right.
5: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You're going to in order to even like attempt it for me, I think it can't just be, you know, drums, bass, distorted guitar, or, you right, know, like it needs right. to, there's got to be some more like exotic elements to it. Or even if you are using a guitar, like there's got to be some just like experimental kind of sounds to it or something. It can't be like too earthly. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There's got to be some weirdness to it.
2: Yeah, because I think that's what a lot of people respond to is they want Star Wars to feel, this comes up a lot, to feel divorced from the real world, inspired yeah. by it, but divorced. Yeah. And to me, that's fascinating because, like we were talking about with uh, the original Cantina band, like, yeah, it sounds older because it was. But now I'm if somebody asked me, like, would you want like a heavy metal sounding song in Star Wars? Like, no, it's too real world. But, like. But it's 30 years yeah. old now. Yeah. Right. So to some people's ears, to like a kid's ears, it's like, what's this weird ancient music? Yeah. The Star Wars did happen a long time ago. It's from the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Why do those voices not have auto-tune? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to see like a musician, like try to tackle that specific challenge and go like, I want to have a setting where it makes sense that there would be something that sounds a little like grunge or whatever. Uh-huh. Because it's part of this specific scene, this bar, this culture, and then do exactly what you're talking about. Like, how can we add bells and whistles? So it's it kind of sounds like Dave Grawl is playing those drums, but there's something else so alien about it that that's okay, that it doesn't rock us out of the world of of Star Wars. Yeah.
5: All right, I'll do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he laid down the challenge for Tony. Uh, heading toward the conclusion of our conversation about music and Star Wars, there's so much to discuss. Uh, but let's go to another great controversy, yubnub. Versus Victory Celebration, the changed closing music of Return of the Jedi for the special editions. Uh, Tony, where do you stand? Are you a yub-nub person? Are you a victory celebration guy? I'm a yub-nubber through and through. (laughs) 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 Tell Uh, me about the why. Is it just nostalgia? Is it just that's the way it was, or is it musical?
5: uh, I think it's more so nostalgic, but... I do think that uh Yub Nub is it again it's more memorable like right. it just kind of was just replaced with this just kind of vanilla just bland music uh not to slam on vanilla I like vanilla <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tasty ice cream <laughs> but uh yeah I don't know I, that was that, that seemed like in another one of the pointless changes it's like why uh, why change that like okay. it, was, it was fine the way it, it, it again kind of silly but uh, so are the Ewoks, and it kind of it kind of works.
2: Yeah, and it's clearly the Ewoks singing that song, right? Yeah, that's that's them Ewoks. Yeah, uh, language. Ken, how about you? Uh, where do you land? I gotta say, I actually am okay with it, but I think everything you just said is right.
4: Uh, Yub Nub is way more memorable. Victory celebration mm-hmm. is a victory s- song that you'd expect, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's happy, it's hopeful. I, I don't, I couldn't necessarily hum it. I I do like the sequence because I think it makes. Sense what they added—that the toppling of the statue and yeah. e- even mm-hmm. the gungan screaming "We free!" Like, that's I true. Cutting to the other planet, I yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. I—I I feel sorry that there's some young kids that won't get to dance along to Nug because it, <laughs> it's so memorable and it's silly because they're playing stormtrooper helmets and it's yeah. making that sound. Yeah, we know, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm okay with it. That that change is not Jedi rocks to me, but I definitely still own Yub Nub, and that's what yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah. they're
5: uh, they're keeping at least the memory of Yub Nub alive at uh, at Galaxy's Edge in the Cantina. There's a uh, there's a hmm. Yub Nub. I forget what it's called, the full name, but it's something like the, the, the Yub Nub Tiki uh, mug. Oh yeah,
4: buy. it's that. It's thing, really cool. It's amazing. Yeah, oh, is, yeah. That, is that the one? Jen bought it. I, I sure so.
2: hope Jennifer bought it. If not, yeah. I'm going to Galaxy's Edge <laughs> right now and getting it for her. It's beautiful. It's basically just so. like an illustrated history of the battle of Endor. That's great. It's thick, uh, on a tiki mug. It's yeah. amazing. I, I went and I, a couple
5: of my friends that I went with bought one and I didn't buy one. And then after I left, I was having, uh, regrets of not buying it. <laughs> and I had other friends going a few days later and I was like, are you going to the cantina? <laughs> and then I made my friend buy it for me. Uh, nice. Yeah. Oh,
2: nice. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and, and use yeah. my one uh, controversial point uh, today. Unless I said a bunch of controversial things and I forgot. <laughs> I think Yub is a better song, but I think victory celebration is a better song for the ending of mm. the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at that point when Lucas was making these changes, he was looking at the movies as six and this was the end of the whole story. Right. But you're talking about cutting back to those other scenes Yub Nub, when I rewatched it in preparation for this, is pretty close to explicitly in the movie. There's some instrumentation that's not. But it's we really see the drums that the Ewoks are hitting, mostly in sync to the actual music, which is rare for drums, (laughs) as as you know, Tony. Um, And then it's clearly an Ewok song. Yeah. Whereas that victory celebration... It incorporates elements of like the stormtrooper helmet mm-hmm. drumming that they're doing, right. but it's clearly outside of the world of Endor. It's the celebration for the entire galaxy, and I think it always also has a little bit more of a bittersweet quality. Yeah, Yubnub is for the most part a celebration. Yeah, yeah. but victory celebration has a little bit more of that like we won and it's over, but there were some losses and and we yeah. we fought hard for this. So I'm. Gonna go out on a, on an indoor tree limb. No, I, I, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's a safe limb. Okay, It's a safe limb. <laughs> Good. I was that's really cool. afraid about saying this out loud. Yeah, just, guy, so. just imagine,
4: imagine if, again. It, you talk about when we see it and when it comes out. And everything. imagine if if <laughs> Ryan Johnson ended the Last Jedi with the caretaker bonanza.
2: You know, and <laughs> they're playing along and be like, no, 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 no. They're but, using a uh, Luke's uh, green lightsaber yeah, on the washboard. Exactly. Ding. 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 Ding, ding. We, we <laughs> accepted
4: Yub Nub for years because. Yeah. You know we were young and dancing when we saw it, and so, yeah.
2: singing it in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How do you feel about songs that are half in world, half out? Like uh, I wanted to shout out the the Naboo parade. You know, it starts yeah. explicitly. We again, we see the Gungans drumming, we see them mm-hmm. playing horns, and then a chorus comes from somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And we don't ever see, like, are those Gungans with those beautiful choral voices? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that uh is that uh CO Bibble's cousin Beal Bibble behind the <laughs> the stairs there somewhere? Like yeah, yeah. it phases from you know diegetic to non-diegetic. Mm-hmm. What does that say to you? I kind of like the Gungan
4: song. Was it Auggie's doodab band or yeah, Great the, Municipal, municipal Band? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bonzo Dug band Um I like it because it's it's almost like a a narrator suddenly closing the book and turning the camera, mean, that's how they won the battle of Naboo. And yeah. like, it takes you out. It's in the story. Then it slowly lifts you out of it. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. Um, again, as someone who sat in that theater it was like struggling with my emotions and, and a lot of things I learned to appreciate or love or understand later on at the time. I remember like we joke about the peace orb all the time. That whole sequence is like, it's, it's the Gungans are playing who's singing. Yeah. All of those questions popped in the theater and I wasn't happy at the time. (laughs) But I think over time
2: I've I've grown a lot. Yeah. How do you feel about the slide from actual Gungan Drummond to large orchestra?
5: Uh, you know, it's funny. I normally like very get nitpicky about things like that when especially music related, but that one, I kind of didn't even really think about it until you pointed it out. Uh, so clearly I must be okay with it. <laughs> I think I just, in moments like that, especially in a scene like that where it's like supposed to be a big parade and there's so many people, yeah. I just sort of assume like, Oh, there's some people we we don't see that are doing that singing.
2: Yeah. Um, But yeah,
5: I don't know. It kind of kind of works for me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, And just so uh, um, people don't tweet, I will ask also about how do you feel about the uh, part of that song that is the uh, sped up, pitched up version of the Emperor's theme? Do you like that musical idea?
5: I actually don't even remember that.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, a thing that I've heard about a lot, and I really specifically listened for the compare-contrast for Uh this, of like, yeah, some of the Return of the Jedi Emperor theme is uh, one of the phrases in the parade scene, but Mm -hmm. made positive, which, you know, obviously is, you know, the idea is it's invoking, like, everybody thinks this is a victory now, but it's actually the beginning of this horror. Right, Mm -hmm. right.
5: I like that. I, I had never noticed it, but <laughs> I, I like the idea of that. And nice. Well,
2: it's one of the
4: things that's buried in there when uh, it took me a few years to dig it a little deeper
2: and see what George was working at. You yeah. Know? There's fun. a lot going on in the prequels. That's great. Right under the surface. Like yes. that. Yeah.
5: I, I am slightly conflicted on it because I didn't really like uh in solo. When they were playing the Imperial March in, oh yes, oh yeah, it's yeah.
2: the advertising. Yeah, yeah. So you that, didn't like it that you knew that there was some Star Wars person, an uh, in, in-world character who wrote the Imperial March.
5: Yeah, that kind of that didn't sit right with me. Okay. I, I wasn't a fan of that movie. Okay, all right. And I and again, not a Solo basher. I enjoyed Solo, but mm. yeah, that was one of the moments that I'm not saying. You know, it yeah, didn't. I, it. I yeah. didn't hate it, but yeah. I didn't. I certainly didn't love it. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just it did. It's, it's a choice. Stood out, yeah. It's quite
4: a choice to be like, a, hey, that thing you love, it's actually, it's their yeah. actual theme. Yeah. 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 So the PR yeah. person made it. Yeah.
2: yeah and it, by itself, it's fine. But then I start to fear, like, you know, I don't ever want a special edition of A New Hope or Luca's is looking at the Twin Sunsets and then we pan over and there's like a band playing that, right? Like, I want that music to be the soul of the story. Right? <laughs> he has got some earbuds in and suddenly. He takes out and turns like, these are great earbuds. That's why I can never hear Ombreu calling. <laughs> so I always got these earbuds in. All right. Final question for a music topic uh, which could go on forever. What is a musical wish for Rise of Skywalker? <sighs> That's <hilarious. laughs> um, uh, In unison breathing.
4: Yeah, I'll t- I, I would love to have one more new big theme whatever that is the, the duel of the fates the, of the exactly. of rise yeah. of skywalker yeah. exactly uh i don't think we're gonna get something new for kylo we've had two movies now they've uh, they've kind of said hey this is kylo's theme but yeah uh we're supposed to be getting an epic lightsaber battle i want an epic lightsaber song oh an epic
2: lightsaber that's a yeah. great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. smackdown yeah, of the fates exactly. yeah yeah <laughs> how about you tony i don't know that i can top that i feel like
5: yeah this is this is the last one so they say so uh yeah that it it seems like yeah some sort of big climactic lightsaber it's yeah. gotta be it's got to be huge all around i would think so, yeah
2: yeah that's a good call i can't disagree yeah. with that. i think i'm most excited to hear a victory song because mm. I do this controversy as well, but I think the heroes might win at the end of the Skywalker saga. I think it might be a different complicated win. Cause I think it's, it's a, it's a more complicated story, but I'm so fascinated to see like, of course it would be powerful if it was just really invoking old themes. Mm-hmm. But if the story ends up being like, Hey, the new heroes have taken the mantle, they've found a way to kind of break the cycle of violence between the dark side and the light for a little while. And they're onto something new. You're mm. really amazing to hear like something just kind of mind-bogglingly new that still makes sense to Star Wars. It'll be a really interesting choice, whether it leans heavily on the old or the new when we're listening to that final bit of John Williams' Star Wars music. Forever. Or, or yep. it's where my piece of rock music enters. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray and Poe and Rose and Finn and BB-8 start a band. Three,
4: four, five. Boom. <laughs>
2: yeah. D.O. on the cowbell. <laughs> uh, that's a prediction you can take to the bank and then burn the bank down. That is our look at Star Wars music. So much to talk about. uh, And so so little time.
4: so much glad tony was here for that and i am actually really i'd never stopped to think about what we might get for the music of rise of skywalker yeah. that's oh, wow. adding yeah. to the list of anticipations yeah seeing what's finally coming out there all right we got some audience questions we like to do this every week we can uh, take your questions on twitter facebook over on patreon we'll tell you where after we got this one from michael gibbons how long do you think it will be until we see a 4K box set for the Skywalker saga coming out? In the past, Star Wars wasn't exactly an early adopter of new formats, but I can see now uh, I can see uh, lots of people enjoying it for Christmas 2020. Love the show. Thank you, Michael. We love your question here. All right. This this is interesting because I, I now have access to a better TV that I didn't have because of, uh, of a new coat habitation situation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. My MLB the show baseball game looks better on the PlayStation 4
2: than I thought it possible, so okay. I would want this. When do we think we'll get this? So you want you're excited about the 4K? You're excited about taking that idea. next step? Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I think uh, I think Michael's spot on. I think a uh, uh, holiday season of 2020 makes sense because probably what like April of 2020 will be just the basic rise of skywalker disc right because so they'll want to ring all the sales out of that it'll be up on disney plus streaming right but then yeah people will want like ooh, what is the looking in the rearview mirror the whole skywalker saga 4k better than ever visuals and then the the, to me the big thing is like can they get some fresh behind the scenes can they would they dare let george lucas do a commentary track for the sequel trilogy (laughs) that's probably no No. but you know what i mean just get some now now that it's all in the rearview mirror what is the skywalker saga story and some more discussion of that man i would i would buy that up what do you think about that skywalker saga box set tony
5: yeah probably so probably what you get like i would make sense a year later to uh release that whole thing because you know they'll do some sort of box set for all nine i feel like that seems inevitable and, uh, yeah, that, uh, and Disney likes making money. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> that's, that's what is. I say. <laughs> <laughs>
4: permission from tony <laughs> permission granted J Beasley 777 on twitter writes hey here's a hashtag force center question when reading a book with anakin do you picture animated or live action anakin in your head and which anakin voice do you read his dialogue with in your head that's a great question yeah. it extends to solo now too joseph where do you go
2: yeah for uh, uh anakin picture in my head reading uh, it really depends on the line. Uh, yeah. If it is an angry, petulant line, I I can really picture Hayden because he was given a lot more anger to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the writing, the direction, the voice acting choices of Matt Lanter in The Clone Wars mm-hmm. did a great job of playing just impatient and irritated. So when Anakin's like that, like there's that great uh, passage in uh, Thrawn Alliances where... Uh, Anakin first encounters Thrawn and Thrawn tells him he's not going to be able to pronounce his name and Anakin's like no I'm a Jedi I go everywhere I say all sorts of names I know how to say your name like that was totally Matt Lanter in my mind helps that it's Clone Wars era but
4: yeah
5: Tony where, where do you come come down on this uh I would just be a Hayden guy yeah. most likely yeah because I I've watched all of the animated shows but they don't they don't uh Hold as as special of a spot for me. Got it. Um, yeah. So
4: the, that specific moment you brought up, it's funny. It's, I I think I put it in Hayden's voice. oh interesting. But that doesn't necessarily, you know. It's, I that's I think that might make my might be my default. You go to live default, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go to live action. Yeah, but I think Matt Lanter did an amazing job, that, and that's a great. Great moment. That Thrawn book is definitely where this comes into play a lot. You have yeah. to almost decide.
2: You have to decide. I think yeah. I go
4: to Hayden more than I even realize I do. More than I even realize. And we're gonna the, the, the solo. You know, the the Alden Ehrenreich, Harrison Ford. it's some it, yeah. they have to at some point. You know, it's different. Yeah. And I think they're, in some of the comics, the way they draw him now, it's suddenly a mix of both. It's a little ambiguous, yeah. extremely handsome person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Specifically Harrison Ford, extremely <laughs> yes. handsome.
2: Yeah. yeah. Fascinating.
4: Interesting. I like that, Jay Beasley. All right, to Patreon we go. And Joshua Thorne writes What do you think is R2's favorite mission? You can tell R2 loves the action in the battle over Coruscant. What I believe is he got older. He especially enjoyed the Death Star run. <laughs> Your picks, Tony, R2 on a mission. What, what do you think is R2's favorite? Not yours, R2's favorite.
5: <laughs> I mean are, I mean can, are we just counting just going down to Tatooine to find Obi-Wan? You know
2: I, yeah. because
5: I feel like that's where I got to go. Yeah. Cuz I feel like uh he, you know, he's he's ready. He's ready to help. He wants in there and he's going to Gonna see his old friend that doesn't remember him, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but
4: uh, yeah, that's or he's gonna gaslight go. him.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a great answer. Yeah. great answer. yeah, Joseph. I think to me that is the answer because there, there's so many great uh, scenes in the Clone Wars where he's on a specific mission and right, he feels right. like. He feels like a soldier doing doing his job, and maybe some of them are exciting. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's excited about the Death Star run. Until his uh, his former best friend shoots him in the head, then it's yeah. probably a little bit of a bummer for him <laughs> after after that <laughs> it takes the joy out of it. But there, I I love how how much intent he has of like, no, I'm playing mm-hmm. this message yeah. to Obi Wan Kenobi, and you know, depending on exactly how R two feels, just like there's an energy to A New Hope when you watch it now of R two going finally. Yeah. All right, we're gonna get back in the fight. I'm gonna go get a Jedi. I'm gonna right. play Anakin's daughter's message, and-, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna get back in the game. Yeah, I t-
4: I think that's that's definitely my favorite mission of the one. I think R R2- two feels, this is important and we got to do it. And I think you're right. Now you can absolutely watch. You can watch two things. You watch him going, Obi-Wan, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> and now you can watch like, hey, this is it. But I'll tell you, I think our two's favorite mission might be Jabba's sail parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he was like playing the game. He's like, no, I'm a bartender. <laughs> Shut up, man. You're going to cost me drink
2: tips. It's true. it seemed to
4: be more just pulled into... Here's 3PO in the dark. You're playing the wrong message. And he's like, no, we're not. We're that,
2: on a mission. That's a great poll, yeah. too. Yeah, because he's ready to shoot that lightsaber. And he's like, we're going to F yeah. this place up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's laughs> great question,
4: Joshua. Love that there. Laura Martin writes, I went to Celebration in 2017, and one of the panels I attended featured Delilah S. Dawson giving writers advice on how to improve their first chapters and their work in general one of the things she shared that struck me or stuck with me excuse me was how she created a spotify list of music that evokes certain moods and listens to it while she writes since then i've found myself doing the same thing and find it helpful when i sit and try to write as authors slash creative types do you have any tricks or tips that you can share something you find helps you to be more productive improves your self-discipline <laughs> thanks for all the hard work you do well first thing is your writer there went to self-discipline but uh, I, tony do you make a list of music while you write music <laughs> yeah that's a little tricky
5: i i uh, yeah music is a is a hard one for me because i mean the various other like if i'm podcasting you know most of the work i do is audio stuff yeah. but if even if i am just doing a Part of my day where I'm having to respond to emails or something Music is hard for me to kind of have On when I'm doing other things except for like driving Or right. exercising or something Like that because right. I just I get a little Too distracted by it like so it doesn't like, Help me focus yep. it makes me go the other way
2: you go Into the music yeah. like you're yeah That yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah. yeah Joseph Yeah I think so Um I think it's Always good like for like writing writing uh, Advice not writing music over other music Which I agree is a challenge <laughs> Um I think that particularly what Delilah Dawson is saying is if you can find the music that to you evokes what you're writing, that's a big thing for me as a writer. I love it. You know, sometimes you have to write to a deadline. You just have to write, but when you can have like a couple days where you just feel like you can feel the mood of the story, the world of your story. And if you put a bunch of music together Mm -hmm. that really evokes that mood, it helps just sort of saturate yourself in the world. And then I think uh, much like the force, you kind of let go and everything flows better Mm -hmm. writing wise. Um, But then when you're up against like a deadline, it, to me, it does just help to have the earbuds in, you're cutting off the real world, you're mm-hmm. cutting off uh, social media. And the thing that I always forget is like, hey, uh, music often lifts your spirits. Mm, yeah. So if I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to write this. Oh, God. I, I wish I could screw around. And you're like, hey, I listen to music and I'm happier. How <laughs> yeah. did that happen? <laughs> oh, because it's a joyful, wonderful thing. Yeah. You yeah. idiot.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's the yes. thing that I've had to remind myself of, because even as being a musician, I've been like in a weird spot where like for a while I just... Hadn't been listening to a ton. I would find myself listening to more podcasts and things when I'm traveling or drive whatever, and uh, yeah. But then also like mental health has been a big thing for me, and so yeah, I've been like trying to force myself to listen to music. And yeah, same thing. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, this
4: really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. important. So yeah. Find
2: yourself tapping along or bopping along, and yeah. suddenly you're you're feeling a little bit better. Yeah,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, I I think there's some great stuff in here uh, from Delilah Dawson. I think uh, in the past with screenplays. I've done the Let Me Make a Mixed CD of what the soundtrack might be. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I am a, a love Magnolia by Paul Thomas Anderson, and he wrote that to Amy Mann's songs, which is why it factors in And So I was always like, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> Didn't work out for me as well. But that works. But when it actually comes to writing, like when I was working on on the book, I thought, oh, writing a Star Wars book, I'll, I'll put on Star Wars music. After 10 seconds, I had to turn it off because I, I couldn't, much like you said, Tony, I'd just be – off in another world yeah and I needed it but yeah uh I, I do you experience this Joseph when you put in the headphones and you have to write the music fades away
2: yeah and it's just you're in the volume as Favre would say and you just yeah you're there. yeah absolutely okay. yeah and, and I have a couple of specific albums that I really mm-hmm. like listening to for writing because they just have a sense it's not like nervous urgency but they have yeah. a forward motion and you yeah. kind of fades into oh, the background oh, and just oh. feel that like Let's keep going. Let's I keep feel going. You there on that. That yeah. happens.
4: That happens with me sometimes.
2: Not necessarily intentionally. Sometimes, but like oh, I'm gonna listen to music, then it just fades away.
4: I don't hear it. That's yeah. a, those are the good days. As far as general tips for being creative, right? Do I don't know if we have any uh, that we that we can share in a short amount of time for Laura, but uh, <laughs> uh, Joseph, you keeps it writing for a deadline. That changes the game yeah (laughs) and for a lot of you out there if you want to get into the businesses uh various businesses represented here uh today yeah that changes the thing when you have to do it you can't wait for inspiration you can't make a cup of coffee and pull the curtains back you got to sit down and do it that that kind of changes the game tony do do you face deadlines uh, in your work
5: yeah sometimes and
4: they are they are they make
5: all the difference they really
4: do uh yeah
5: when i have things that like you know if that are with the deadline is weeks away and i'll just like oh i got plenty of time plenty of time and then suddenly it's it's here and then i'm like oh boy i don't know what i'm doing with this and that <laughs> de- once that deadline is 24 hours away then suddenly that's when the that's when the magic happens i guess yeah. so i think i feel like with music i've done for you there's been times when i was super busy and then i i think i emailed you like the the day before you had requested the deadline begin. yeah i was like. I'm gonna do my best. I really am not <laughs> sure if I'm gonna get this done on time. And then, like an hour later, I'm
2: like, "Oh, okay, and then, yeah." Beautiful polished thing comes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope this is okay. Like, uh huh. It's, it's actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a a, a lot of uh, different things. I think one thing that helps if you uh, to give yourself a kind of deadline where you show your work to somebody, even if it's mm. a screenplay that you're trying to sell, to be like, "On this day, I'm gonna read it to." My partner, my friend, like that idea that you have to present it, Mm. that it's not just for you, it's for you to share with the world, I think helps with the deadline because it's going to become real. Yeah. Mm hmm it all becomes real. Great question, Laura. Hopefully we helped you a little bit
4: there and get in. Joshua, uh, Jay Beasley, Michael, great questions as well. If you want to reach out to us, here's where you can. On Twitter, follow us at 4 Center Pod. Use the hashtag 4Center. Join the conversation. Like our Facebook page. Go to our website, 4 We have shirts and merch on tpublic.com user slash 4Center. Tweet us your merch pics and we'll reshare them. Podcasts is available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in and on YouTube uh, we just put out the Star Wars rank just to kind of an audio version we'll start doing that more and more but we have things on there like the odd uh, animated data make brawl uh, some other kind of fan stuff up there too go to our YouTube page and patreon Joseph we have we have one of our goals right here in the studio oh my God yeah <laughs>
2: yeah so our next goal is to have Tony Thaxton write new theme music for the show Star Wars ranked. So these two gentlemen that you've heard uh, talking to each other could talk over email. Yeah. They could be nervous about <laughs> deadlines back and forth. Everything that we just talked about, you
4: can make happen dear uh, listener. I, I want it to sound like an academic ranking of a sci-fi <laughs>
2: fantasy movie. All right. <laughs> and your deadline is now (laughs) and here's (laughs) just some drum beats (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so if you want to check all that out help us with that go to patreon.com slash four center
4: don't forget we got those four center trading cards up there at the top tier i think i got a pack or two due to send out so look, those designed by Brian Ward. Speaking of great, talented, creative people, we're out of here, but not before we tell you where to find us. Like me, at CatNapsack, go to Com. Got the big uh, New Hope screening up in my hometown on August 24th. Information on my social media pages about that. Uh, Joseph, you, as always, got some deadlines.
2: Uh, I <laughs> do, I do. So many deadlines. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, ignoring my deadlines, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and then you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for uh, info on albums, live shows, a book I wrote a long time ago. Uh, and in particular I will be at Dragon Con, hopefully I can announce details of shows and Star Wars panels on that soon
4: Absolutely, don't forget
2: Jennifer Landa go to her YouTube channel, follow
4: uh, Jennifer Landa as well, she'll be back uh, soon enough, raising a family, all those good things, but Tony, we can't thank you enough but we definitely want people to find out where they can get more of your genius work Thank
5: you for having me. Uh, I am at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Motion City Soundtrack tour will be happening starting on New Year's Eve. Uh, tour dates at motioncitysoundtrack.com. Tickets available now. Uh, I also have some tour dates coming up. I play drums with Don't Stop or We'll Die. Uh, there's a few <laughs> tour dates coming up with those guys. I also play in a band with my wife called Tiny Stills. Uh, and uh, my new podcast, Bizarre Albums. Uh, new episodes every Tuesday everywhere
4: podcasts are available. Nice. Love it. That is it. We are so happy to have uh, Tony join us today for this uh, music discussion. We want to hear your music uh, choices in the Star Wars galaxy. Reach out on Twitter, hashtag ForceCenter. That's it. Yup-dub, my friends. This was ForceCenter.